0: You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. So welcome to another edition of the Payments Innovation podcast. This is your host, Jeff Forkin. I'm excited to be joined by Ricardo Perro from Sellers Funding, the CEO of Sellers Funding today. So before we kick off the conversation, can you just introduce yourself to the
1: audience and give them a little background on yourself? Sure, Jeff. So thank you for having me here first. This can be a good conversation for us to introduce seller's funding and our value proposition. I started my career as a corporate treasurer for a Brazilian multinational company a century ago. <laughs> and, and then soon I, I moved to the U.S. And to work for Citigroup. And at the FX and and rates desk. So I I built my career there. I spent a few years at Citi, about seven, eight years there. Then uh, during the crisis, I moved to Bank of America. And and then in the last seven years or so, working for big banks, I spent my my time there at J.P. Morgan. What I learned during this 15 years or so, working for big banks, I was able to, to develop a lot of expertise uh, dealing with multinational companies with sophisticated investors, hedge funds, family offices, and, and that's how uh, I built my entire career. And then in 2016, I left JP Morgan mm-hmm. to, to pretty much start Sellers Fund. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so that's a
0: really great, obviously, career that you had in kind of corporate finance. Is that the right way to put it? And NFX and payments? Yeah. Investment management. Okay investment management yep. and what through that career i'm, I'm sure you noticed probably so many, what are some of the biggest issues that you notice with like the traditional financial institution model along the way
1: sure yeah that model has changed so much of course we have i believe that we had one industry private crisis and then a completely different industry after the crisis mm-hmm. and depending on Uh, If you look at the U.S. specifically, that industry has changed a lot, but I still feel that regardless of how big the bank is or how big the financial institution is, the biggest challenge for them is to break the internal silos they have. Mm -hmm. So especially working with international companies and international investors, like I did for my entire career, you have these silos where you know corporate bank doesn't talk to you know investment management or investment bank and the investment bank has a hard time uh, dealing with asset management and wealth management so these are silos and and they they're looking at their business unit and their own p and they don't leverage what the bank has to offer in general so can you give us a little bit more background I guess on
0: sellers funding truth. what you know this you you've had all this experience in the traditional banking world, what drove you to leave in 2016 and, and create sellers funding?
1: Yeah, so it was a little bit of personal decision that was driven mostly for probably two reasons. First, I saw that I was doing the same thing for over 15 years, and at some point, if you look at your Bloomberg and you see some news and you kind of know which client we'll call and what action you need to take to react to that news it's kind of okay there's no no challenge there right sure. so you you're just used to do the same thing covering the you know facing the same challenges and I saw an industry that was changing. I saw an industry that was hugely impacted by technology and newcomers and banks I think that the only way out for for a bank to survive under this environment is to partner with the new, these newcomers. Most of the big banks, they were trying to, to come up with solutions internally. And I saw that innovation would take too much time to be implemented that way. Mm-hmm. And especially in my field, innovation was actually a huge impact on on fees that banks were getting. and. I was on the wrong side of the trade
0: (laughs) this
1: way. So that was the the biggest reason why. And then the second reason, I wanted to learn something new and work with people that would help me develop more skills. And if you look at my background, I did my undergrad in economics with a huge weight on mathematics. And I, I wasn't applying that in my career. Mm -hmm. back then and i thought that i could work with some smart people some smart folks and i was happy to find the right people and the right partners to to partner with and and here we are we are so you had recognized some issues and
0: you weren't really fulfilled in your with your 15 year career and you said let's let's jump out and let's do this thing yeah let's do seller's funding and you guys are doing some really exciting things to help out these small medium sized enterprise businesses, these online sellers. Is that something that you kind of noticed from your other your careers? Is, is that the funding, the lending
1: aspect was a big problem for a lot of these smaller guys, right? So when you look at the lending landscape here in the US, especially for online lenders, you have the you had that the boom and bust. You have some big companies like Lending Club on deck that are listed. You have some other big lenders here, like Cabbage, SoFi that are private-owned. But when I look at the opportunity, I actually was performing a consulting job for some friends who used to have their own website and used to do sales from their own website, and they moved to Amazon and saw their sales grow from $50,000 to $500,000 in three months. Wow. They called me, knowing that I had left JP, and, and, and told me, you know, we need help to raise working capital because we had a budget in place, and but the way that we are growing, we're going to need more money. Right. And when you look at an industry that is growing on average 15 to 20% year over year, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you have a good product, you're going to have an issue with your budget, mm-hmm. right? And when I look at the, the competitive landscape, I saw some folks, some companies, looking into that, but necessarily working seriously to understand the working capital cycle and provide a good solution for this. Act. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought that having the right understanding and addressing this lead time from purchase order to to sale would make a perfect fit because we position ourselves let's say from a from a solution perspective or a funding solution perspective, we are in between what a bank charges and what this merchant cash advances companies charge. We are not as, you know, we we are not as expensive as most of our competitors. We have very reasonable rates, but we also provide, we we added on into, you know, into our portfolio of solutions, so and having this partnership with you guys is the number one example of how we are trying to to integrate funding and other solutions to our clients.
0: Yeah, and I think it makes a ton of sense. Where there's this kind of gap where the banks. Haven't caught up to this online business. I mean, it, it's been 10 years over, you know, since this thing started, but the banks are still slow yeah. to understand these online e commerce uh, sellers. Bus- they can't understand the business model. Yeah. So I know you guys have a really cool risk model, which kind of takes into some proprietary, you look at like Amazon ratings and stuff like that, which is really interesting.
1: Yes. So the entire, I believe that we, we have three solutions that we initially tackle to find. To address some problems. So, first problem is the lead time from application to disbursement. Most banks, it takes them like from three to six months and probably to say no (laughs) because they rely on traditional credit models. So, it's tough for them to get a a good uh, grip of what the risks are related to to these businesses. Mm -hmm. So, addressing the application and automated Process for the application is problem number one, and we solve that problem. Second problem is the the risk model. Mm-hmm. So, think about the client life cycle. Usually, most of our sellers are borrowers. They start leveraging their own credit, so they max out their credit card. Mm-hmm. By the time that they are transitioning from being like one or two person company to professionalize their, their, their company, they already have a very low credit score because they max out their personal credit. Mm-hmm. So when they go to a bank, there is no credit available for them. Mm-hmm. The, the personal guarantee is worth well, pretty much. Right. So they need to go to a merchant cash advance company. That merchant cash advance company will charge them a very high rate for a very short period of time. So when they need to make a purchase order, they know that they will have to make the disbursement, but they only see the benefit of that additional sale in 90 to 120 days. Mm-hmm. So there is this gap. And we created that gap. We, we bridged that gap with a risk model that takes into consideration sales performance, seasonality, customer reviews, and compare the performance of that seller, not only with the past performance of the seller, but also how the seller is performing against the entire industry or the entire database that we have. Mm -hmm. We have since then integrated not only Amazon US, but we have database with with sellers applying and registering in our app. We have over 10,000 sellers already registered in our app with data from Amazon US, UK, Canada, Europe, and Australia. So you can see the performance of all those sellers. That's pretty phenomenal. And we have daily feed from from their sales nurturing our database. We also have a model now integrated with Shopify. So through Shopify, being Shopify a multi-channel platform, we are also able to gather data from different sales channels. So Mm -hmm. we are now working with eBay, Facebook, Instagram. Walmart, and we are getting getting that data and consolidating that data into a single sales performance measure. I can imagine just that data alone. There's probably a lot of companies out there. I mean, it's, it's got to be so
0: refreshing for these e-commerce sellers to know that there's another option out there. Uh, they don't have to go to the traditional bank and try to explain themselves. Yes. They come to sellers funding. They
1: can see, you can see their sales and you, you know, they don't have to explain themselves all over again. Absolutely. And what we offer on top of that, and that's the third solution, it doesn't matter if you are a US-based seller or a foreign seller, we're going to look at your sales and try to find a funding solution that will address your cash flow need, regardless where you're based. And so having this partnership with Currency Cloud helped us a lot to provide that integration in a multi-currency framework. So we're not... Only performing funding for US based sellers, but we are able to perform funding solutions to foreign sellers selling in the US, for example.
0: Yeah, let's dive into that a little bit. So, the partnership with Currency Cloud is basically enabling sellers' funding to move past just being a kind of loan application to actually provide more of the standard kind of banking services that these e commerce sellers would need. Yeah. Kind of global banking services.
1: Yeah. So, and, and that's why I brought my experience to bring this solution. Remember, I told you about the silos. Mm-hmm. So, if you if you are a small business here in the U.S., you have to go. So, you're probably going to deal with a branch, that, a branch manager that is used to deal with consumers and, and not business. Mm-hmm. And that person has limited skills to deal with uh, foreign sales, right? Yeah. Then you need to rely either on a more expensive or traditional source, and the bank will charge you a lot. Right. A larger bank. Yes. Yeah. You know, bank of America who
0: understands that kind of stuff.
1: Yes. Or you have to deal with an international money transfer company. You know, plenty of those there, but they are on the FX side. They are not providing the funding solution. Mm-hmm. so you're either working with silos within a big organization with or with companies that are specializing in one each or one service, mm-hmm. and we are we are trying to build is an integrated solution to that
0: yeah, I mean the other path traditional path for these e-commerce sellers is they just have to kind of deal with it until they get large enough to be able to to have the resources to go out and acquire the different vendors yeah but it sounds like what sellers wants to do is not just provide the funding but also give them the, the rest of the services that they need to be able to sell globally and receive, receive payments from Amazon and Shopify and then also pay their vendors. Cause a lot of these guys are probably sourcing stuff from China yeah. and India uh, and other Brazil potentially. Yeah. who knows? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Ricardo, I, I really want to thank you for joining the podcast today. It was, it was an enlightening conversation. I'm sure there's a ton of e-commerce businesses out there. That could benefit from seller's funding. Uh, We wish you all the best, and look forward to our partnership together. Thank you. Thanks, Ricardo. Have a good day. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com You've been listening to the Payments Innovation podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.